Today we are talking to Levi, the founder and CTO of Dropler, and we discuss the journey from team member to company leader, the importance of soft skills when managing diverse teams, and speaking up to combat depression in the startup community. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Dude, Dropler, is that how you say it? That's how you pronounce it? Yes. Yeah, well done. It's it's beautiful. It's like, it's a, you got the purple going on, makes me want to trust you. Like, I, I like, <laughs> I like Dropler. It's a beautiful brand. You have all the content on there that's right. It's just, you're doing this right. Clearly, this is not your, your first go at this. Well, thank you. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say, uh, you know, it's, it's taken us a little, a little while to learn <clears throat> the right way to do things, but, um, yeah, I'm happy we're still able to, you know, to be working on it and, uh, you know, making it better all the time. And, you know, we're, we're not, we're not done. We're still, uh, we're working on a, a new release as, as we speak that I'm pretty excited about too. Ooh, what's going on in the new release? You know, um, it's, it's mostly kind of a, a, a user interface, um, uh, refresh on, on some of our apps We're we're trying to, um, you know, a really important thing for us is simplicity, right? So we, we've we've kind of come to the conclusion that we can make things even simpler um, while not while not removing features, but just make it easier to expose certain features. And the, our kind of goal with Dropler is we want it to feel like it's just a part of your system, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're uh, we're doing some stuff to make it feel like it's just you know kind of just built right into the Mac experience. Like it, it should be something that just. Um, is a feature of OS 10. And that's kind of how I've always believed it and windows as well. So, um, yeah, we're doing some stuff that, uh, probably in about a month or so this should be, be rolling out. I'm pretty excited about That's That'd be a nice acquisition, right? You position yourself yeah. like you belong and then they come knocking. Oh yeah. Hey, I hadn't even thought of that. That's right? a great idea. Yeah. You thought of that. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the, I love the, the voice of your brand too, like on your content, you know, code makes the world go round, and then you're like well it doesn't literally make the earth rota- <laughs> i can't even speak <laughs> earth rotate thank J- jake's gonna edit this up so it's gonna be great <laughs> oh, no, no worries <laughs> who, who does that are you responsible for that um you know i used to do um i actually love uh writing um personally but um today we have um some great people in charge of that so philip and ula um, are kind of in our marketing group. Ula is, um, she's, she's a great copywriter and she, she, you know, she does a lot of our blogging. Um, Nicole is also someone, um, who's done some great blogging in the past for us too. So, um, it's, it's, it's generally a team effort. Like really, if, if you want, if someone wants to, you know, write for our, our site, anyone on the team, or you know, even if you're not on the team, we'd love to, to publish your stuff as long as it's, you know, kind of within where, you know, what we're, we're interested in. Right, um, <laughs> it's got to be yeah. somewhat relevant. <laughs> yeah, it can't be just cat photos or something. Oh, but, I scratch that off the list. Then I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a maybe there's a venue for that. Um, but yeah, so we we you know we have probably about four people who write somewhat regularly on our blog. Are you writing at all on your blog still? You know, uh, gosh, blogs are one of those things that I. I have moments of inspiration where I, I'm like, I'm going to dedicate myself to, to writing more and, and doing more. I write a lot, but, um, but it's, it's mostly just kind of, um, you know, I, I'll have ideas for stuff, but I take too long to, to publish it. And then it, you know, it gets, it gets going. I actually, it, it's interesting for, for being a CTO, I find writing about technical stuff really, really boring. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why that, um, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, one of our, we have some engineers who write amazing technical articles and, um, I, I enjoy reading them. I, I love it. But for me to sit down, it has to have that kind of right inspiration. And, and rarely is that something that I feel like, you know, usually it ends up being about, you know, something completely unrelated to tech that I want to write about. So, um, well, that's fine. If that's, if that's where your brain wants to go, that's like, you know, you just listening to yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to write around tech. I, I'm telling you right now, I took a, I took a vote from the, I'll speak on behalf of the industry as a whole. You can write about whatever you'd like, Levi. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That <laughs> was permission. And you speak, I've got this awesome picture on my screen in front of me here of you speaking with a Dropler shirt on. What was that talk about? Yeah. So, um, 
the times I've, you know, kind of spoken, uh, representing Dropler, um, we've, we've done some, you know, some pitching, uh, through some, some accelerators. We were a part of, um, the, the Portland incubator experiment, uh, up in Portland, obviously. Um, and we had an opportunity to kind of pitch our product there to a fairly wide audience. It's, it's similar to, you know, a lot of different incubators like Y Combinator, Techstars and stuff like that. Um, so that was, that was a, you know, a fairly large audience to, to get to pitch Dropler to, uh, you know, in other things, I, you know, I'll accept any opportunity to speak generally on tech or, um, you know, stuff like, uh, you know, just, I, I love actually really talking to younger developers. I think that's always interesting because, yeah. you know, I've been programming for quite a while now and, uh, there's so many things I've learned along the way that I wish someone had just told me when I started, even just like what, you know, what kind of company should I work for? Should I work for a startup? Should I work for a big enterprise? You know, those are, those are things that you can, you know, depending on who you are and what your aptitude is, you know, you can be really happy in one of those and have a great career. But if you pick the wrong one, you might, you know, do really poorly. I, I started my career working for, you know, a very large, uh, it company and I was pretty unhappy for four years. What uh, company is that? It was a healthcare company here in Ooh, uh, California. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't so, sound super exciting to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the one hand, it, it's, it's one thing, cause if you look at it on paper, it was a great job, right? I was, mm-hmm. I was 17 when I got hired there. Um, you know, I was, you know, good money, good benefits and, and all that kind of stuff. So it seemed, you know, when I, when I thought of it from that perspective, I thought, well, of course, you know, this is an amazing opportunity. But what I, you know, what I learned about myself over that period is like, that's just, it's just not a good fit for me. Not that that's not a, a bad decision for many developers, you know, they can, they could have great careers doing that. But um, this wasn't for, for me, you. I knew I, yeah, I just, I couldn't succeed uh, doing that. Um, so, so yeah. And I think, Thinking about that as you're starting off your career is is always an interesting thing to do as a developer. Like, you know, where am I going to be the most successful? You know, how'd you get to Riskalyze? Riskalyze, yeah, that that's a Riskalyze is a, an interesting kind of connection. So I this was just through a mutual friend. Um, so where I live is is a, is a small town called Auburn, California. I'm not sure if uh, do you live? A, are you on the East Coast? Uh, yeah, I'm in Florida, but okay. I. I have been out to Bend and I saw, I saw somewhere in your profile, but Ben, I was like, Oh yeah, I've been out there. Yeah. They had some waterfalls. I think I was hiking. Oh, they, yeah, I did some falls. Yeah. That, all right. So that's the right spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, Ben's a great town, but so I live in Auburn, California, which is like, uh, probably in, it's about two hours out of, uh, San Francisco and, um, and about an hour out of Tahoe. Um, and so, but it's a really small town. We have about like 30,000 people here. Uh, so the, the actual, you know, the tech pool is pretty small. So it's, it's a small tech world. Right. And so I just had a mutual connection with a, through a mutual friend, um, with the, uh, the now, you know, CEO of Riskalyze, uh, Aaron Klein, who's, who's an amazing entrepreneur. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we, we ended up just kind of meeting, we shared an office space together. We were both kind of subletting an office and, uh, he had, uh, this technology that he was considering bringing to market, which is what developed into Riskalyze. And so we all kind of got together and we're like, Hey, let's try building this thing. Um, and so, yeah, that was, uh, I, I worked for Riskalyze for two years, started off as a co-founder there, um, as the director of engineering. And, you know, my background, it, it, it definitely lends itself well to kind of those early stage startups. Mm-hmm. Mostly, you know, my, my background was originally in art. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I loved, I started off as a graphic designer or visual, you know, web designer. Um, yeah, and I have your dribble up right now, by the uh, way. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not, you know, I haven't, I don't maintain those skills as much as, you know, I'd like to these days, but I, I kind of stumbled into programming out of necessity. Um, and that was where, you know, that actually is, is pretty helpful if you can have someone who can actually program something and, you know, design an interface somewhat competently. It's helpful at that stage of a company where you don't have to employ, you know, you, you can have just one person doing it. So, so we did a lot of like interface prototyping, really quick iterations on different ideas in that early stage for about two years um, until we were able to build kind of the, uh, the, the core product of, um, you know, what they have today. And, you know, the product itself has, you know, completely blown up. They've launched amazing stuff. They're, they're, you know, they're a company I'm still good friends with, um, with all of them. And, uh, we get together for, you know, for lunch and, um, and it's just amazing. 
Oh, really? Oh, so you've oh, heard yeah. of them before? Yeah. Oh, I, I followed them this day one. I've done integration with them. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you have some background then in fintech. I think I think I remember that. Yeah, uh, I built software, uh, financial software for a large uh, firm in Tampa. Okay. And and one of the things that we did was an integration with Riskalyze. Oh wow! That was a lot okay. of yeah. So I I went through. I don't, you know, it was what, three, three years ago ish. Um, so, you know, I forget who I was talking to and everything like that, but, uh, it was, it was easy, had good docs and everything, good support. And it was a very simplistic integration. Yeah. So. Yeah. Their, their CTO is a, a guy named Matt Pistone and, um, he's a good friend of mine and he's, I mean, he's, you know, He's a, a genius. He's um, they're they're doing a lot of really complicated stuff. Um, Matt himself is a Berkeley physics uh, you know grad, uh, just uh, you know knows math like insanely well, and he's doing such an amazing job just just scaling that that engineering team. And um, it's it's just really a treat to see you know what's happening with that company. They're they're a solid. I mean, that company is is just someone who's just you know I, I I look at just the leadership there as just inspirational in such a big way to me. So how how big is your team right now at Dropler? So we're uh, we've added a couple people just so I think that brings us to around uh, close to twenty people uh, mm-hmm. total. About half of that's uh, a little more than half of that's engineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then, so that's and then. Are you growing off your cash flow or investor capital or a little mix of both or how are you growing? Mix of both. Yeah. Um, so we're, you know, we've, we've, we've raised uh, money and, uh, but we're also, you know, we have a, a decent amount of cash flow. So we're trying to, you know, our aim is to, to be, you know, profitable, very capital efficient company. Um, and, uh, you know, we're managing to do that. Um, and so we, we, we've never done the, the biggest kind of hiring, scaling we did was last year where we had some some initial investment and use that to scale up our engineering team um, look at that and one of your screenshots they used your art from your dribble <laughs> yeah that's amazing I, i'm, I'm, I'm gonna... sorry i loved it <laughs> awesome uh, I want to I want to tell people like what I'm seeing right now with Dropler, like what it is, because you know we we sit here talking about how cool it is, your growth. Like you could do everything with it. I didn't even know you could do this. Uh, so you could take screenshots, screencast, you can draw on it. It sits, it kind of lives in your menu bar. It looks like mm-hmm. a native thing that should just be long, right? Um, right now it's sitting next to my little Postgres elephant. <laughs> <laughs> um, and th- this is this is awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's like you don't you don't need to do anything else. So like right now, it's it's I take a screenshot, and bef- so I just grabbed it to to mm-hmm. check before the show, right? And I'm I'm loving it because right the workflow before this is take the screenshot and auto goes to Dropbox with with the name, and then mm-hmm. I have to go copy the link. And it, it, this looks like it's um, and then if I want to do a screencast, that's something completely different. I'm in like QuickTime and like. Yep doing a screencast and then exporting it to make it smaller so it's not insane big and then putting it in Dropbox, maybe put upload, copy a link and paste it to someone. This looks like, uh, and I'm drawing on it with preview, right? I get preview open real fast, just yep. circle something in red. This looks like it's got just, it's like everything like boom, 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 boom. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we we built it to be as simple as as possible because we, we think we have the best chance of getting into people's workflows by removing steps and just kind of making it something you can do, you know, with with kind of making it muscle memory, I guess, is the way we we look at it. Um, so it's 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 a product, you know, we we use all the time as a team, and that that helps us to kind of I think hopefully make good decisions about you know how to build new features and and add them in, you know, if it's something that you know we can actually use ourselves and we know we've we've generally nailed it. Have you read the uh, book Hooked: How to Build Habit-Forming Products? You know, I haven't. Who wrote that? That that sounds interesting. Yeah, one of our guests did. His, his name is Nir. Okay. N i r is his first name. E y a l is his last name. Okay. And the book is called Hooked: How to Build Habit-Forming Products, and it essentially is talking about. I thought you you just quoted essentially part <laughs> of that book. <laughs> yeah, you, you want to get into. We're humans are heavily. Re, we, if you think about what we do on an everyday, we're, we're pretty basic. Mm-hmm. We do very similar things. We eat very similar things. We have very similar routines all to each other. And in our own lives, we have those same routines. And so the best products are products that actually 
pay attention to that and then hook into mm-hmm. our habits, right? Yep. Those are the ones we can't live without. Everyone screenshots all the time. Screenshotting yep. is a human behavior that we do every single day. Yeah. Right. Like, and so you're, you're hooking into that. Yeah. That's, that's a really interesting way of thinking about it. And it, it's actually, you know, I think a lot of people don't really think of simplicity as a competitive advantage. You know, um, it's been interesting, you know, because we're still a small company, we're still, you know, fairly early stage. Um, you know, when, when people hear Dropler, they, they, they kind of put us in the category of, of Dropbox or Box or these big, big enterprise, you know, companies that are, are down the road. And when we, when we started off, when we first, you know, got funding and, and really kicked this thing into gear, um, those are the companies we would always look at. Well, what are they doing? How are they marketing themselves? And, and what I came to realize was that a company at, at the scale of, of where we're at, even if we're somewhat directly competitive, competitive, even if our names sound similar, we have a way different, you know, we, we have the luxury of having, of being ex- insanely simple. Whereas the bigger you get, the, the less, you know, the more complex you become. And actually the, the more um, difficult your product just kind of inherently becomes. It's really hard to maintain simplicity as you scale. Um, have you heard of uh, Peter Drucker? He talks about that. I, I the name I I know Peter Drucker, but I, I'm not familiar with uh, him talking about that. He talks about it in business. You know, he's he was way older. He's uh-huh. since passed, but he was like a huge authority on management and you know the past 50 years. And he talks about the the larger you grow, the bigger the internal mm-hmm. mass becomes, the yep. more cost it takes to manage. Yep. So the more people you have, the more expense and time you spend managing it. And like that's the same with code base and everything. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, that's, I mean, that's actually an interesting, you know, I, I think your background is, if I remember correctly, you started off as a developer and kind of transitioned to a CTO, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and that's the, I think for me, I having the same experience, you know, um, you know, I've, I've you know, been a developer for many years and, you know, for the last, I'm, I don't know, you know, five years have been more in, in the, the role of a CTO. And that's a, you know, that's an interesting transition and it can be challenging just because all of a sudden you have to think about things, it almost becomes, you know, all of your issues go from being technical challenges to almost like sociological challenges. Um, mm-hmm. You know, thinking about, okay, how do people interact? How is this specific group of people going to interact? You know, you have to start thinking about, well, you know, how do I choose a technology that fits the team I have or, you know, connects with this customer um, as opposed to, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, the, the things that you, you, the way you think as a developer almost sometimes becomes a hindrance as, as a CTO. It absolutely does. It is a complete transit. You know, I'm over here smiling <laughs> at, at Jake and Jackie right now. We're watching the call because this is, we just did today. We just sent the final book cover and the whole book and everything to print. Mm-hmm. And this is the entire book. It's going from developer to CTO and all the non-programming things that you have to look like all the human parts, like everything that I was so frustrated because I'd read these scrum books. I'd read these project. Man, no, no one talks about the, all the human stuff. There's that was a complete white space, you know? Yeah. And it is interesting. You know, there's, there's been so much, um, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, diversity and and everything in tech these days. Um, But there's also, you know, the the interesting thing about teams is every human being is, is pretty different. And when you get a group of, um, you know, diverse individuals together into a room to work together, they all, you know, it's not like they naturally gravitate towards scrum or agile programming or something like that, you know, that every, every group of people works together differently for some really different reasons. You know, it could be, that, you know, they, they like each other, you know, or maybe they, maybe they just have, you know, personalities that grade on each other and, and necessarily like, you know, certain processes aren't going to help that, you know, it, it's, I, I don't know, it's, it is a very interesting challenge to try to just, you know, and I'm, I'm only doing it on a very small scale, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, once your, your team gets to hundreds, that's, you know, that's a whole nother um, insane challenge that I, I, you know, I'm sure it's going to be like, you know, throw out the book and relearn everything again at that point. Well, I, I'm interested. I've, so people write into me all the time now. This is what I love about. I didn't know this was kind of like a surprise, a little, a little hidden gem about doing this whole show and the book and everything. People write to me daily with their experiences. Oh, I read your content on this and I tried it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> now I have some responsibility with what I'm putting out here. <laughs> people are doing what I, what I, what I'm, I'm sharing. I'm not necessarily 
telling people exactly like what to do specifically like a b c d i share my experience and my story around a topic and then it's a they understand like how to how i'm thinking about it right yes so it's uh oh man it's this responsibility now so like i'll get emails from the people with uh that are just them and their co-founder up to people that have 600 employees at their company and they're going to a thousand employees and it's it's interesting how these principles it's the same principles but everybody's kind of understanding them putting their own spin on them and then able to use them i'm like this is crazy yeah, and it's, I mean, the, the the starting, you know, you, you know, CTO and a co-founder, right? Usually that's how kind of mm-hmm. a lot of startups will, will kick things off um, or some kind of combination of that. You know, if things go well, which everyone wants to plan for, like your job is going to change as a CTO drastically over the course of, you know, the business. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's something that can be kind of scary, right? Or that there's not a lot of resources that tell you like, how do I be a good CTO? <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's awesome that you're, you're, you're asking this question and providing resources on that because you, you know, there, this is, this is kind of a unique role that there's, I feel like there's less resources on than say how to be a good CEO. Maybe. Right. Oh, that's the thing. If you look at books, like mm-hmm. if this is when I, when I started to do this, I went and searched the books, like, CTO books. There's been like five, maybe books written on the topic, <laughs> and they're all yeah. old. And then you go to CEO. There's like ten thousand chief marketing, ten thousand growth hacking. At that, like it's insane yeah. the amount of content on it. And if you try to go from developer to CTO, there's like nothing. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like all right, well, we'll we'll write this out. You know? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that that experience. You know, for me, it, it's it's an exhilarating, and it also can be a little bit depressing at times. I remember, you know, so, so once, you know, when we scale, scaled our team, right. A lot of the things that I was used to doing that, that were, I actually enjoyed doing, you know, usually, you know, when, when you start off as a, as, you know, a CTO, but you're, you're really like the programmer, right. Mm-hmm. In a yeah. small company. So your job is to ship stuff really quick, you know, be kind of the hero who comes in and, you know, delivers, hits the deploy button, makes a bunch of people happy and that can be a really fun, especially if you're a good programmer, that can be a really fun experience. But you have less of that as your your engineering team grows. And I remember some mornings, you know, when 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 we were initially scaling, just coming in and feeling just like this like cloud of of gloom over me. Cause I was like, I can't program today. You know, I have to have someone else do this now. Yeah. Um, and that can even be a problem. Uh, you know, that can even be a problem if you're jumping in and still trying to do what you used to do. That's yep. that's disempowering to the people who, you know, you brought on to do that work for you. And that, you know, so that was something that I had to learn. Well, you, you've made the transition successfully. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, no, you, you have. There's, so I get the mix of everyone, right? I, yeah. um, I was curious to, to check out CTO job postings because I was writing an article on how to write a job posting for a CTO, right? And so I was mm-hmm. looking at all the job postings and I, I was like, all right, I'm going to reach out to some of these people. And there were, I would say a good, I reached out to about 10 people. I'd say three or four of them were programmer CTOs that the company had gotten to 10 or 20 people. And they mm-hmm. didn't know about the CT. They didn't want to be a CTO anymore. They wanted to go back down into product yeah, and be like a product lead because they didn't know what to do. Yeah. I think, and I think that's perfectly, you know, if, if that's, if that's what you're good at, if that's what you're great at, that's a great thing to recognize. That's, uh, you know, there's no, there's like absolutely no shame in that because it is, you know, it is challenging. Like to, I don't know, for, for me, as I've, as I've grown in this, I've, I realized, you know, things that even parts of my personality that were not a problem as a programmer can be actually become problems as a as a CTO, as, as you get more and more into leadership. So, you know, for a simple example is if you're someone who, who prides yourself on being like, um, you know, a harmonious team member or, or, or someone who, uh, you know, is very affable and, and wants to just, you know, kind of do the job and then, you know, do what you're asked to do and then do it really well and get, make everyone happy. Um, you know, that can actually be a big hindrance once you kind of get up into leadership um, it's a great quality to have as a team member. Um, but if you get into leadership, you're actually required to, to be someone who might, uh, you know, make some people upset by the decisions you make, you know, or, you know, you're going to have to be strongly opinionated and say no a lot of the time. Yep. Um, and, 
and that that's just it's it's interesting how it, it puts you through you have to do a lot of self-analysis through this process of going okay you know I, I can't lean back into these qualities that have made me a good programmer necessarily I have to develop some new ones or find some new some new ways of uh, approaching problems and and be okay with you know uh, doing things that I, I you know would have that I'm uncomfortable with right so like when you're a leader, and you're a team leader of programming, you have, you're very confident, you have a lot of experience and you know the stack you want to use, you know the tools you want to use. You can, you can build a team around that because you have that pillar of the programming experience. The moment you have to move out of leading that team to leading a broader team, it's, you have to refine your pillar. You know, yeah. you have to develop it with understanding how people work and how to manage people. And I agree with what you said. If you're a co-founder CTO and you get to that point where you're like, look, I don't want to be the CTO. I'm in love with product. And you learn that about yourself. Congratulations, man. Welcome to the next step of life. Go be the, go be the co-founder slash head of product. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And there's, I mean, that's, that actually means that you probably have a lot of really exciting opportunities too, mm -hmm. if, if that's who you are. Um, you know, if you're someone who can get a company successfully from zero to 10, that's a great quality to have. And it means you can probably work on a lot of exciting ideas. I, I don't know. It's, it, I've, I've, I'm a big fan of 37 signals. I know you had, um, Ryan. Oh yeah. Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they, they do a lot of, um, you know, they've, they've done a lot of, uh, you know, kind of challenging orthodoxy over the years that they've been around. And, um, you know, it, you can build a very interesting company with a, with a small team. Uh, you can't actually do it and take investment and, you know, it, because then you're, you're, you have responsibilities to, you know, your investors to, to grow and, and, you know, increase value and all that stuff. You know, if, if you're a, someone who loves building product and, and is very capable at building product, you've got a lot of options. There's a lot you can do and build really interesting companies. Maybe they're not, you know, VC funded, or maybe they have a different kind of structure, um, as far as the, uh, you know, the way that the things are financially set up, but man, you know, I, I look at, you know, what, what uh, Basecamp has done and I admire that so much, you know, how they've, they've somewhat, you know, they bootstrapped themselves to this amazing business that's so long lived. And they stay so lean too. Yeah. And, and ma maintaining a lean, you know, a lean company, you know, smaller company, you know, bigger com companies are big by necessity and, uh, you know, smaller companies, I think, you know, in my experience are so fun to work for. Um, you know, the smaller something is the, the more, you know, agile you become, the easier it is to, to transition, make changes and just have a better time doing what you're doing. Um, you know, like we were talking about earlier that, you know, the less time you're going to spend managing, the more time you're going to spend actually doing things. So, yeah, I mean, I guess all this goes to say, if, if you're someone who, who, who doesn't want to, to manage a huge company, then like you actually have some, some pretty good options, um, for yourself. So. Uh, the, we're doing this new thing, right? We're excited mm -hmm. about it. We're putting together a tour, my friend. Okay. So when we come out to uh, California, we want you to come speak with us on our, our little tour. We're basically going to do the modern CTO show live, oh, right? Awesome. But we're going to have three people. We have like a little DJ, some music, <laughs> and it's going to be this sort of like South by Southwest half Q and A. So like the like the the local CS students can come and ask you questions because like you're someone who's done it and you got it and you're in the zone. You're the man, right? And <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. A little story sharing, a little Q and A from the audience, and there's going to be um, three three guests and all experts just like you and then i'm gonna host it and we're gonna put it up at either the local college or a local incubator and we're gonna do uh 14 cities and we're starting the tour uh later this year we're really oh, excited awesome. yeah love to thank you so much yeah because that'd be so we're actually we're all excited about it right and so i got uh an illustrator to start sketching up like how we're gonna do it in the stage and what it's gonna look like so that we can um you know, build it all up in the cities. And so we brought in some really cool people to help us organize it and put it together because we have, we have all these relationships, Levi, yeah. and all these cities. And we started to notice they're grouping. Like we got, we got relationships, you know, in California, Boston, New York. And then we started looking through our past guest list. We're like, man, we have relationships everywhere. 
<laughs> That's Let's great. go meet everybody. Because I keep wanting to go, like, I want to go fly out and meet you. And I want to go to New York City. We've got, like, two of the Forbes 30 under 30 guys doing some crazy AI stuff in New York City. I, like, I want to go hang out with them. And I want to go hang out with you and check out the drop. Like, I want to go hang out with people. <laughs> and I... If I keep, if I go do all these independent trips, like let's find an excuse. And we were like, let's do it. Let's do a modern CTO tour. That's a great idea. That's awesome. You pumped about it? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be so great. I'm so (laughs) excited. I'm really, I really want to know about, um, serverless technology. Yeah. You were, you talked about it, you're using it. And I got to be honest with you, I don't understand it. And I figured (laughs) I could go research it or I could just have an expert explain it to me. I prefer, I prefer that. (laughs) <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. So serverless technology is is something we've we've kind of embraced over the past uh, year at Dropler. Um, we're not completely serverless. We still run servers. Um, they're all, you know, in, in the cloud. But um, serverless is interesting. So I, I'm always a little bit, you know, I, I try to push back on, on new technologies just because I think there's risks involved with that. But really what, what I've found with serverless technology, and I can kind of explain a little bit how it works, but um, is that it removes a ton of barriers from developers writing code to getting stuff out into production, stuff that's really functional and works well. So essentially what, 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 serv- what serverless is, is it's taking, instead of me writing you know, code, wrapping it in, uh, you know, figuring out how I'm going to deploy it up onto a server, you know, maybe I'm going to use uh, you know, some kind of Linux environment or whatever, it basically just allows me to write code and put it in the cloud and I don't have to worry about scaling it at all. Like if it doesn't have to be running, it's, it's, it's only running when it needs to be, right? So if I wanted to write a really simple piece of functionality that would say, let a visitor to my website upload an image, mm-hmm. I could write that and then serverless uh, technology will then uh, let me just deploy this out into the cloud and it'll give a URL that someone can, um, that someone can hit. And I don't have to worry about, you know, is this going to be, what, what kind of uptime is this going to have? Is this going to automatically scale? It'll just, you know, scale up to however many it needs to be and shut it down when it's not being used. So it's, 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 it's a way, I, there's all kinds of names for it. <clears throat> the one we use is um, Amazon Lambda. That's what we use pretty heavily. I think Google calls theirs cloud functions. I, I think Azure has, has a, a version of this too. But it, it really takes away a lot of the headaches of, you know, trying to write scalable um, scalable services for for developers because you just know, hey, it's going to scale up. It's going to do this much. Um, I can track how these uh, these things are being you know used uh, through you know these these awesome dashboards that AWS provides you. I can see how the how they're doing as far as you know response time and all this kind of stuff. Um, and deploying is you know basically I, I you know I type a single command, my my function gets updated to the latest version. And um, it's, it's, it's instantaneous. So um, I'm a pretty big fan of that. And that's, that's really our, our, our technology of choice for new services as, as we um, kind of develop stuff in Dropler. And, you know, based on my experience, I, I, would, I would do it, I, I would pick it, you know, again on, on any, you know, other project. Um, it's, I, I recommend uh, a lot, you know, developers to check it out. I think it'll, it'll make your lives kind of easier in a lot of ways. Yeah, you've super interested me. Did you did you go to the AWS conference this year? We didn't. Um, maybe next year, though. I think it's it's probably about time we started attending. We we use a ton of their services. So, right, I use AWS heavily, and I haven't ever been to the conference, but I keep seeing pictures of it, and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's like a it's like a city. They take over. Oh wow, their conference is huge. Yeah, yeah, they're they're an amazing company. The the stuff they do is. Uh, it's inspiring and and kind of mind blowing the the amount of technology they give you. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm always watching them, Google, Musk. I'm like, who's who's taking over the world? Who <laughs> who wins? <laughs> right now, they're in their own spaces, right? Because yeah. there's plenty to eat for everyone. But like, oh man, I I kind of see that gap closing. They're all going out. I can't buy a Google Home on Amazon, right? It's yeah. like, ooh, that's awesome. You go to Verizon and then Google's shoving Verizon homes down you when you're trying to buy an iPhone. It's like, oh yeah. man, what's happening here? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely, yeah, Google and Google and Amazon. And, you know, I mean, these, these companies are insane, the amount of, you know, tech they're leveraging and bringing out to the masses. So it's a little scary. Well, and then Come on, we know who it's a data game too because yeah. it's all machine learning and whoever has the biggest mountain of data, right, and can process it the best, they win. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a whole nother. I mean, and, and that's maybe that's where Google has the edge, but I, I wouldn't count. They do Amazon. have the edge on data, right? Yeah, now, a little bit. Oh, that's interesting. That's true. I wonder how how far Google tracks you into Amazon. <laughs> like, because Amazon has all your product purchases, right? Yeah, that's true. And they're gonna know. Yeah, they're gonna know more about your diet, but then Google has your search history and they have your location data. Well, I think Amazon probably's got a pretty good pin on your location data too now. Yeah, but it's like kind of like who wins the the full profile data, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's oh man, I know it's. I actually switched to DuckDuckGo a little while just ago, or I tried to, um, just because it was getting scary how well Google knew, you know, started was knew me, and uh, you know, I've, I've had to go back to Google on, on on numerous occasions. I love the idea of DuckDuckGo, but um, what's DuckDuckGo? So DuckDuckGo is like the um, it's like the we don't uh, it's like the we're not evil. Uh, search engine, you know, that we don't track you. We don't, you know, try to retarget your, your data, um, all this kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, it's a great search engine, but yeah, that's, that's the interesting thing. Google with all their personalization stuff, with all the things they know about you, um, uses that to bring amazingly relevant search results to you. Um, you know, so, so by being, by respecting your privacy, DuckDuckGo has a harder time surfacing extremely relevant search results. So it's this weird conundrum. Right. So, so did you ever get to the point where you actually made it your default tab? I did, and some, yeah, and some, and some of my machines, I, I have it as my default tab. Um, and then you start yelling at it. You don't know me well enough. These results are horrible. <laughs> Stupid privacy. Exactly. Let's go back to Google. You know yeah. me. Hey, buddy, how are you? It's been a while, Google. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know me so well, Google. <laughs> Before like Alexa will start counseling me one day, Joel, <laughs> this is the third day you have been slightly down. I was like, <laughs> I'm not down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so who knows, so who knows more about you? Would you, cause you have Google home and, and Alexa, which one is, is able to uh, speak more directly to you? Would you say? I don't talk to Google. Okay. Okay. I have it. Google's like the awkward stepchild in the corner. <laughs> Every once in a while it speaks up and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> go back to your corner, Google. Yeah, go back to your corner. Yeah, so it's, I don't know. I'll tell you what, I love the human connection to speaking to Alexa. Mm-hmm. And I love that it's integrated with... Um, Oh, I do this thing with my wife, right? Mm -hmm. So there's an Alexa in my kitchen at home and there's an Alexa at my office and I can say, Alexa, like play, I'm going to get you like on, I play a song like with the lyrics, I'm going to get you on my kitchen and and then it'll be like, (laughs) I'm watching you. My wife's sitting there like making dinner, like I'm watching you. Like I'll be, I'll be on my way home or she'll send me a song back. It's like, I miss you. And then I'll send her like Michael Buble, I'm coming home right back to her. And we keep hijacking the Amazons. It's it's a it's a it's it's a great relationship. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. You could do intercoms with them too. A lot of people don't know that. Really? So. Okay, okay. Yeah. See, they and and I, as I remember, Alexa is fairly affordable too. To uh, yeah, it's to, like less than a hundred bucks for the full version. Yeah, see, see, they're smart. They're uh, you know we we just for Christmas we got uh, Kindle Fires for our kids. Um, and you know they're they're so affordable and they're actually fairly good machines for what they do. You know, um, and I was like, well, you know, I, I could, uh, you know, Amazon is definitely doing some some stuff as like a market, you know, grab here because this is this is insanely affordable and it's a, it's a pretty good product. So, yeah, I know the guy that that launched that was responsible. Like Amazon went and plucked him to develop the team and launch the Kindle. Really? Okay. Yeah, super yeah. cool dude. And then then he um he did that. There was a lot of success with that. And then they made him head of like international sales for Amazon. Oh wow. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's cool. So I'm gonna like call him up and be like, hey, you guys wanna sponsor the tour? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, this is I love talking to you, Levi. When are you speaking at conference next? You know, I don't, I don't really actively look for that. Generally, um, you know, if, if, if there's an opportunity that comes up, I'm happy to, but, um, you know, I, I, most of the time, if, if I'm doing something speaking, it's generally at kind of, you know, smaller, like at, at a company talking about some technology or something like that. Um, but I, I really do. It is, it is enjoyable to, to step out, you know, to talk about something other than, uh, you know, tech uh, or not necessarily right. tech, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, talk about more kind of the, the human side, I guess, of, uh, of the, the business. 
Yeah. Well, the, we'll, we'll get, I'm going to, you know, after the episode and everything, I'm going to keep you in mind, put a note on you for, I'm going to mark you for that. So when that opportunity comes up with us and I need some perspective on one of these human things, I'm going to, I'm going to tap you for some information. Awesome. I'd be happy to. Yeah. So you're, you, you'll speak at like a small company about this. Type. Oh, you know who you, you hear Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's been recent. I, I like to listen to him for some advice on marketing mm-hmm. And, um, oh, by the way, the, uh, do you have a press person at Doppler? No, uh, we, well, that might, Ula actually is a good press contact. I could put you in touch with her. Yeah. So we, we found, we got a press person, right? Mm -hmm. Jenny, she's awesome. Dude, when all their, like their whole job is just about getting press and it's, they do their job and then you're you're everywhere. (laughs) Okay. I was say I'm saying it as like a suggestion because I was, uh, you know, a lot of people, they think, Oh, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go do some advertising or some direct business development. Like all that's great, but man, the press like needs experts. Yeah. So, you know, you're a smart guy. Like you should, uh, have someone watching out for press stuff for you because you would just like catch on fire, man. Well, that's an interesting idea. I'll talk to yeah, uh, yeah. Jenny did did a great job. I had, I had the pleasure to interact with her, and yeah, that's a that's a good, very good idea. Yeah, it's working. I'm just trying to share because the whole point <laughs> of this show is to share to help. Like yeah. everything in the book is a blog post somewhere that I wrote. I just tied it together as a book. So I'm yeah. not I'm doing it to to help people because I in yourself, we kind of struggled and fought through to figure it out. And if you get thousands of people who are struggling through to figure it out, it's like this next generation coming up below us is going to have to go through the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. Like, let's help them out a bit. Let's give them, yeah. let's give them a ball. Let's I have, so I do the book, you know, say, Hey, look, go read this. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be a step ahead of me. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. That's a great idea. And uh, yeah, I think that, uh, there's, there is such a void in that. And it's, it's, you know, it's a great opportunity to kind of just speak to people who, you know, yeah, the next generation on that. Yeah. So Gary V was talking about like tech, uh, startup suicide rates. Really? Uh, Have you heard him talk about this? No, I haven't. That, that sounds harrowing. Yeah, I know. So a couple of people that he knew some, some tech founders and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, you know, they, they killed themselves. And so he's become like this, um, advocate for preventing that and he brings it up through through you know his content and talking about it and i'm like you know i could see that happening because people they take other people's money i've look in my startups i had you big ups and downs you know like real low moments real high moments and i'm like you know what that's like that's a thing Mm -hmm. and i'm glad that he's addressing it and you know it should just be talked about yeah. at some degree if it's happening right yeah i think that again I, I that doesn't surprise me that that happens um you know the experience of doing a startup um especially once you get investors involved um it's there's so much pressure it, it can definitely you know i've i know i've i've lost friends through <laughs> through this you know relationships um just just the the toll it can take on you um as a person and just the stress it can put you under sometimes just it's oh it's it's really really difficult um and it's terrible that people feel so trapped that you know they would resort to something like suicide but um it it, it needn't be i think there's you know there's 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 help and there's answers in those situations you know nothing nothing is ever that drastic but um right wow. and it's so i'm very so i'm feeling like you know the, the thought popped up in my heart and my mind to like bring it up right mm-hmm. And I wanted, so I wanted to bring it up. But at the same time, when I went to go bring it up and kind of talk about it with you, I found myself sidestepping and like awkwardly feeling like we don't know how to, I don't know how to talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know how to bring it up to say, Hey, it, you know, if you're feeling this way, you know, there's some resources you could seek out, you know, something of that nature, because it's just, I guess it just takes practice of me kind of talking about it. So it's not awkward. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we tend to like shy, my internalness was like shy away from it. You know, but I, I just kind of wanted to, to, there's my first go at it, Levi. <laughs> well, I think, I, I think it's great. I think, you know, one of the things that, that, you know, as you know, if, if you're someone looking on the outside, looking in at the world of startups, right. And I know this is certainly, you know, something that I experienced, right. You just see the success stories, you know, you see the, the, uh, exponential growth graphs that, cause that's what companies want to put front and center, right. We don't talk about failures. We don't talk about the, cha- the real challenges that we're dealing with. 
we're talking about how great we're doing. Everything's awesome. You know, everything's going great. So when you actually get into that, um, and every company that, you know, when you start talking to people, every company has gone through real challenges. Every company is currently going through that's still around real challenges. You know, um, yeah. you know I know that I, I'm sure, you know, you, even someone like Slack, right? Amazing success story. I'm sure they're, they have things that are keeping them up at night right now. They have things yeah. that, are, that are deeply concerning to them that they're worried about. Um, so at any stage of your company, you are faced with some, with some, some definite challenges that can be extremely stressful. And sometimes, you know, if, if you can't think of the answer, you know, you feel like you're alone, right? You feel like, well, man, I'm just not like these other companies who are just, you know, blowing up. I'm a loser. I'm, you know, I've made so many mistakes and that's where, you know, you can start getting into some really, you know, dark places and, and, and you know, depression is a real thing. And, and just because, you know, yeah. uh, some people don't, uh, you know, they don't, they don't publicize that. I guarantee you a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, CTOs and founders are, are struggling with that sort of stuff. So I'm just going to share real quick. Like I just wrote this down. A little, um, I'm going to share a little tip of how I dealt with okay. it. Yeah. Right. Because whoever's listening, like I want, uh, I dealt with it through moving like faster. Mm -hmm. Like, so I found, you know, when you're depressed by definition, like to slow down. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> so, you know, just, a little physics invert it speed it back up mm -hmm. right so when i'm really busy and i'm going around i'm talking to people i'm making things happen you know the some of the worst days for me levi even today yeah. like just as a human are is the weekend interesting it, it's hard and, and so i had to figure it out so i started this show and i would buzz you know i'd be talk to people two two three people a day on a show and then in between that doing micro calls on i'm talking to eight to ten people a day with a team around me high energy we're going we're making things happen we're getting numbers things they, like life's exciting like it's real good we're getting we're on this like energy high mm -hmm. saturday morning hits boom yeah you know i'm up five five thirty six in the morning i got i got nothing to do yeah. <laughs> and i'm just sitting there like what do i do so i took some intentional planning yeah. from me to pack my Saturdays and Sundays with different segments of the day to keep myself moving and different chunks. Like, so I go, I go to the office like twice on Saturday, but at two different times, cause I come home for lunch with my family, mm -hmm. which I don't get to do during the week. And so I do like morning walks with my family. Yeah. Then I go into work, knock some work out, work on like a certain type of project. Then I go home, have some lunch, hang out, you know, bounce my daughter up and down, <laughs> like, you know, get some, I, I was like, I know you got some smiles in there. I'm like, <laughs> kind of like shaking her and tickling. like, it's awkward because you're shaking and tickling. Like, and I'm, I'm like, I, I hear the word shaking baby syndrome. In my head. <laughs> I'm like, how much is too much? <laughs> I like the smiles, yeah. but like <laughs> sometimes some troll starts happening. I'm like, All right, stop. no more shaking the baby. <laughs> so then I'm back at work and then I, I and, you know, take my, take my family out for like an evening, mm -hmm. something or another. So like, it, it took, like, it didn't happen on the, the point I'm making is it didn't happen automatically. The high got started because of the work. Cause everything got so busy with the, with mm -hmm. the work. And then when I noticed the lows, I said, I have to do something yeah. about this. I didn't just accept it and say, okay, I'm going to be depressed every weekend. Mm -hmm. I didn't accept it. I said, no, I'm going to get my weekends faster. I'm going to speed it up and be productive. And then even when I don't want to, and, and then stay productive. And, and so that's kind of how I, I dealt with the most recent experience of mine with, with, uh, slowing down and getting a little depressed. Yeah. yeah that's it. That's a, That's a good, that's great. I think, I think, you know, every person is different and we all kind of react differently, but, but at least doing that introspection on, on yourself and figuring out, okay, how can I, how can I address this problem? You know, how can I not just wallow, um, in this is, is great. You know, for me personally, my, my, you know, kind of therapy is, uh, you know, I do yard work. So we have, you know, we nice. live, uh, in the trees, up here. And so, you know, the, the yard is constantly getting, you know, pine needles on it and, you know, leaves are falling and all this kind of stuff. So every weekend, like I just go out, you know, put on a podcast or something and then just, you know, spend hours raking or, you know, chopping wood or whatever. And, uh, it's, you know, it's a, that is so therapeutic for me, just that experience, but, you know, just finding those things that, uh, you know, that help you get you out of those ruts, I think are, are super important. Just to, even as a human being, not just as a CTO, but you know, we, we you know, life can be hard. <laughs> we have to, we have to learn how to deal with these things. Right. Uh, big fan of music. I play music, guitar, yeah. drums. So that's one of my go-to, you know, uh, re like reset yeah. buttons or right, something's not right. What do I need to do? All right, go hit my reset pattern. Right. We, we write code, mm -hmm. right? 
rewrite these routines or these functions or whatever you, you know you want to call them. We write these repeatable events in the form of text, and then we those tools get used as needed. So in your life, like we need a tool for like a mental reset, and my mental reset routines like all right, something's wrong. Let's go play some music, clear my mind and and get started again. Yours is yard work. So uh, I'm sure your family loves that. You have like, the best yard. There's like fountains and like every different color. You got the a giant elephant shaped like bush in the front yeah. yard. No, it's a bad day. It's like, good. leave my dress. You know? You're like, no, I'm relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this is so great. All right, so you're driving down the road in a hypothetical, right? So you're driving down the road uh in your town small town you're at a stoplight you look over to the right okay okay instantly your car breaks down okay in the lane next to you there's a gentleman in a tesla and it's elon musk <laughs> he rolls his window down he says levi you need a ride and you're like yes yes i do so he's got flamethrowers in the trunk you go around the back of the car, right? <laughs> you get in the passenger side and he's got a time machine there, yeah. right? The passenger seat is a time machine, okay, right? And he goes, boop, you're going to go for, for, for like 25 seconds. You're going to go 10 years in the past and get to give yourself one piece of gotcha. advice. What are you going to tell yourself? Okay. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. I, I'm going to give a really, um, I'm going to give a, maybe just a, a couple quick answers. But the, the first thing I would say to myself, maybe 10 years is too long uh, or too short. Um, but I remember when Apple stock was $10 a share. Um, <laughs> that was when I was first getting into uh, programming. And I was like, man, if I just bought some Apple stock <laughs> at that point. But that's, yeah. that's like the ultimate selfish answer, right? Um, I love it though. Because <laughs> you can help more people with more money, sure. right? Yeah, that's the, that's the theory. But um, I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's how I would explain it. Levi's got some real talk. Um, so, to to go back, I think I would have I think I would have told myself back then to to be entrepreneurial, to start earlier. You know, I I had a lot of uh, product ideas for years that that I didn't really execute on, um, and I didn't really you know. Uh, it took me a while for for a long for about six years. I spent. Um, time just kind of doing freelance programming, you know, subcontracting and consulting. And that is one part of my career that if, if I had the opportunity, I would have said, just, just go, go build something, you know, um, that, that would be a much better investment of my, my time. I learned a lot during that time, but, um, I wish I'd, I'd spent that even, you know, building something, uh, more, that was more long lasting. That is absolutely excellent advice. Your previous self thanks you, by the way. <laughs> That was actually the advice that got you to start Dropler because we've got the whole paradigm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this has been so much fun hanging out and well, talking thank with you, man. Thank yeah, you so it's much. been a pleasure. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you again, and you know, uh, best uh, best wishes on on the continued success of the uh, the podcast and the book. Excited for you. Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this. Get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do it without you. I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.